you're going to see another fine example of thinking thinking in a time of crisis too uh, in about two seconds cannot so nobody can down they don't know what he's doing they don't know if he's stuck down with a gun they don't know people they don't know if he's dead they don't know tonight it's the comm center it's the best show of the week in my opinion because i'm here with veteran detective andrew baxter drew breezy host of our show tonight i'm john i'm an active dispatch in the field start with a 911 call and uh, i'm gonna st- i'm gonna pause it as we go i'm gonna give you my takes because and i'll tell you some of the things that these terrible people were criticizing the 911 dispatcher said and i'm gonna make them look good and me look good and drew look good and here we go of this course. is from sparks nevada quarantine 405 2405 victorian avenue is this um motel set like and what room number is it the office of the team so it's trying to um trying to cut the table and stuff trying to cut what from the team so he's trying to cut the table somebody's like okay yeah, hold on hold, hold on so he's trying to cut a table at the office with the chainsaw yeah yeah the chain first impression drew why is this um, a 911 call it just sounds like a like a project, right? I mean, yeah, I think it's, a it's obviously an emergency. But if, but if if you're taking this 911 call and you have no context, right? You can't see anything that's happening there. You haven't heard this. The chainsaw thing's a bit unusual. I don't know that it's F35 unusual, but he's describing someone cutting something with a chainsaw. So my first thought is like, well, there's a medical emergency. Cut off his finger. Like, what's going on here, Drew? Yeah, I I didn't even perceive it to be that way. Like, I I do think she was probably taken aback by the fact that she's got a chainsaw call. Like it's, it's not, you know, and it wasn't, it was in May. It wasn't near Halloween. And, but, but he's like, he's trying to cut the table. So it is, it, it's like, is this an industrial accident? You're, you make a great point. Like, is this an industrial accident? Is this, you know, is this the handyman like on uh, Newhart that has dropped the chainsaw at the motel? Or is this, you know, Jason Voorhees? The reason, main reason why I bring it up is because when a dispatcher takes a 911 call, you have no idea what, what the hell you're about to get. We have all these people on YouTube or who are clicking on this, even on this episode. They know it's about a chainsaw attack. This person is the first person in the public safety apparatus who found out about it. And she has no context for no, to know what it's talking about. So this comes, at, comes to you out of nowhere. So it creates a lot of confusion in your own mind that you have to overcome. And sometimes that's through repetitive or what some deem to be excessive questioning. So that's what we're going to get here in this call. You're going to get some questions. You're going to be like, why did she ask that? Or that she's wasting time. And we're going to address some of that. I had one more point and I don't remember what it was. So I'm just going to go ahead and keep playing. Awesome. Here we go. Here we go. So he's on his, he put the door open and stuff. Okay. Is the office open right now? Yes. He's inside. Okay. And are you an employee? Okay. That's a great question because an employee is someone that has some idea of what the hell is going on. You can kind of tell she's she's almost sounding what the commenter said is she sounds so condescending. Drew, does this person sound like a kid to you? Hall? Yeah, a little bit. Hall? Yeah, a little uh, bit like they may not bit. know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like, you know, like trying to kind of sing songy, you know, get information out of them because of their age and uh, and I was having a little trouble with it, you know, when I first heard it the first time too, until like a little bit later, yeah. you know, like, it, and by the way, I mean, if it's such an emergency, these people in the comments on YouTube are killing me, not, not our people, but the people no. on the video uh, of this call, they're, you know, like talking about how bad of a job she's doing and all this other stuff. But first of all, you try it, you know, under that kind of pressure, we're only in, you know, about 30 seconds into this call and she's already got the information out and, you know, there's people responding one and two, 
like what, what 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 would you do like what would you do that would be so special and so different and and no i mean who cares if she's being condescending she's got to get she's got to keep that kid or person or whatever in reality to get accurate information for the officers that are going to respond that's why the people are calling right exactly uh so, i remember what my last point was is drew what's your most bizarre weapons violation that you had throughout your entire career because you'll hear these calls going on the radio and they're not even necessarily for you but you'll just overhear them like uh my my best one was a weapons violation out at this man-made lake where like they do the cheesiest like uh like fake ski shows like boat shows you know where people are water skiing around there's a guy out there with nunchucks and then the call got updated to say two guys with nunchucks and i say if you've got two guys out there with nunchucks we have got to let this play out the cops show up they just form a perimeter and they let these guys nunchuck it out because They've earned this if they both have nunchucks and if they're any good, you know, we ought to be able to watch. Oh, I think I, I agree. I think we should be like form a circle, everyone. Then somebody close, play throw money. music. Yeah. I, I don't I can't tell you what my uh, there was there was some kind of horse instrument. It it, it involved a, a stick and a chain that this guy, my old partner and I went and you know, it was like th- they had horses on the property. It was kind of way off the beaten path, no pun intended, but you know, like this family beat the living shit out of this guy with this horse thing with the chain and all that. And by the time it rolled around, it was a felony. It was going to be a felony trial. We were thinking as prosecution witnesses, like we were thinking we were going to put away his, the people he beat. Uh, but no, we were prosecution witnesses because they were charging him with some other crime with, uh, with provoking or whatever. And I'm telling you, he got the worst of that whole thing. I think he got the wrath of that entire family. But, you know, that's the only thing I could think of off the top of my head. It was whatever this stick with the chain was. The stick and chain, whatever that's called. Yeah, okay. right. I uh, just just wanted to ask because I'm sure you prefer some good ones and maybe there's some good ones that, you know, you just forgot about because they're not that important. But I'll go on. So she's, you know, she's trying to, she's, in my mind, she's talking more kindly to him because she thinks he's a kid. She's not condescending. So here we go. Yes, I'm, I'm one of the orders. Okay, do you know who this person is? Is he a tenant? I have, I have, I have no clue. Okay, and is he white, black, Hispanic, or Asian? I believe he's Hispanic. Once again, just pointing out, we always offer the the whole Uno deck of cards to pick from on race because people don't want to say. <laughs> and and I'll I'll bet to you, John, if you play the 50 calls prior that she answered and the 50 calls after she answered. She sounds exactly like this. I, I can Probably. hear sitting next to her, you know, as a 911 dispatcher, 911 operator, call taker, and just like uh, being soothed by her motherly instincts and her telling us stories about trick-or-treating and, and everything else. And then, you know, then she'll throw in a really dirty story to make us all blush. There's something else that's interesting about this nine-year-old hotel owner. She's just going to have to excuse me, but he just seemed, doesn't seem like I mean, anyone that goes home, oh, you know, it's clearly a child. No. Um, oh. But the person is the owner and they have no idea what's going on. So in retrospect, as we find out some more information, that's going to be very strange. I'll keep it going as I continue with the person's description. Drew, I'll kick this off. This is actually my main round of contention. So we could talk about it before we listen. You're a police officer. I'm a dispatcher. Uh-huh. All these commenters are saying, why is she asking 10,000 questions about what this guy looks like? He's the guy with the chainsaw. But he's not going to be later, Because later they saw the video that you're about to see where the guy is going full, you know, he's going insane with a chainsaw, right? Seems obvious. But explain yeah. as a police officer why you are going to get on the radio and say, can I get a description of this person? Because the cop wants that, first of all. 
Yes, first of all. Uh, second of all, you, we're talking about a bang-bang play here, and we're talking about a chainsaw. You don't want to end up confronting the guy who took the chainsaw away from the guy who had the chainsaw, so you certainly want you want an accurate description to know you're dealing with the right person to begin with. You know, and you can make the argument of, well, everybody goes to the ground, and but nobody's going to go to the ground, especially the guy with the chainsaw. There's just a couple of reasons, and on top of that, you know, spoiler alert, he wasn't confronted with a chainsaw. He was he was already in a vehicle. So uh, it's helpful to have a description of of who you of who's committing this forcible felony. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's very helpful to have the description because he may not be it may it may not be as glaring as it would be to somebody who just watches YouTube and comments on it. You know, yeah, some friggin' idiot like you, Jerry Stevens, sixty nine. That's right. I'm calling you out specifically, <laughs> friggin' moron. I, as what I said to him was like, okay, so what if the guy puts down the chainsaw and calmly walks away, or like there's a crowd of people or something? Another stupid comment that was made that I'm going to just put out there and I won't even respond to it was this like, this 911 dispatcher is so dumb. She should be telling everyone to run away, not continuing to get information. And it's like, there's not cops there yet. Hopefully they're in a safe position. And people are just like, I would hang up the phone if they were asking me this many questions. Like, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to help at all. And that fucker, Jerry Stevens is like, if they ever get asked me this many questions, I would just go out there and take care of it. I'm like, oh yeah, go do that. You tell me you're taking care of it. I will, I will double the ambulances and that is all that will affect me. Jerry (laughs) Stevens, 69. I'll just know, okay, just need to add one more unit, one more ambulance to this call. Go get them, Jerry. Don't fucking call me. Yeah. Okay, Rufus81 with your six subscribers. Drew's on pause. And, and, and when they call you lefty for the rest of your life, you're going to be complaining to all of us. You're going to put that on the- I know. He's Fuck him. He's such a tough ass. I'm going to go fight the guy with the pizza because a dispatcher is asking me too many questions. And, what you know, my, my response to all of them was like, you know, you should come up with a, with a packet for like chainsaw attack on motel. Distributed to all your agencies. We're going to profit from your experience. Now, I know this dispatcher does it 40 hours a week. And this probably isn't even the weirdest, you know, call that they've ever taken. You know better. Go ahead and type that up. Get the memo out to all the dispatchers. The entire field appreciates you help, your help. But not only that, we happen to have a shortage nationwide. Check out your your local 911 dispatch office near you. Go ahead and sign up. Clean up that place. Let's get the jabronis out of there, Jerry Stevens. The fact that Red Shumway 11 and his seven subscribers would rather confront a chainsaw, you know, I'm trying to, a John Deere chainsaw wielding drunkard than just answer a couple of questions tells you everything about Red Shumway 11. All right, we have destroyed the internet. We will we will keep going with this person's description. Now, here she is. She's trying to speed the process along. Hispanic male. How old do you think? 20, 30, or 40? Honestly, age is almost as bad as race because you'll say, yeah. how old are they? And they'll go, older? I'm like, older than what? How old are you? You're <laughs> nine, so everyone's older than you. I'm 40, so like about half and half. People are older than me and younger than me. I have a quick question for you too, John, as a dispatcher. Uh, When you identify something as an older model, are you talking about 1970s older or are you talking about 2023 older? We've talked about this before. What's funny, Drew, is that my frame of reference is stunted. Like my brain stopped developing after about 2006. For me, an old car is something from like 1985. A current car is like a 99 Toyota Celica. And like everything else is a fucking spaceship to me because it's yeah, right. just like so, Elon Musk. So yeah, like older model and late model are very confusing. 
And, yeah. and no well, one first, knows what a sedan is these days. No, nobody fucking knows. I, that happened last <laughs> night with like, it's a regular car and it's not even my 911 call. Not even talking at this one. I'm just listening to help. I'm like, do you mean a sedan? You idiot. It's a sedan. Right. Is it a bicycle but, with but, doors? But to some people, an older model would be like a 2021. Yeah, older. You know, whatever. I'm like, you know, oh, like that's older. older. Okay. It's older some than of, 1970. Some of us drive cars older than like our ex-wives, you know, for me, like my car, like rolled off the assembly line in Canada, no less when, when Gore was still duking or when, no, actually not Al Gore, when, um, uh, who's the Republican candidate, 96, Bob Dole, when he and Clinton were duking it out, this thing rolled off the line in Canada. So that's an old caucus. Yeah. Yeah. Rockus Dukakis in 88. Absolutely. Remember that whole Geraldine thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was great too. People, people forget about old Geraldine because we, because look what happened when we finally got a female vice president. You know, Geraldine Ferrero is fucking spinning in her grave saying, really? She's the first female. This is what she's, she did, right. she's the one you wanted. You didn't want old Geraldine back in, what was that, 76, 80? You, you won't have old Geraldine to kick around. No, that was probably like Gerald- that. Who was that? Uh, no, no, who did she Geraldine Ferrero. It was Mondale, Mondale Ferrari. Walter Mondale, yep, and Geraldine Ferrero, yep, and only, only so, uh, Reagan's first, it would have been Reagan Bush and Mondale Reagan Ferrero. Bush. Yep, Reagan in 80, yep. <laughs> yeah, probably. Anyway, this is a 911 show, not like uh, 20th century politics for five. <laughs> we know that trivia. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I know, get who us is, on there. Who is Olympia Dukakis? Like, <laughs> we're, we're, we have gone total jeopardy on this. Who is Tip O'Neill? <laughs> Former Speaker of the House, Tip O'Neill. <laughs> Former Speaker. A, Re- a Reagan Democrat. Yeah, so all, all it took was the president getting shot, you know, 10 months into his presidency and the guy could get anything done. I'm not making recommendations on that just because YouTube can literally hear everything I say and it understands that I just found out. So anyway, why don't we go on with this public service related show before the FBI pulls the court on us. All right. Uh, so trying to make it easy. 20, 30, 40, how old is this person? Blackmail, how old do you think? 20, 30, 40? Born, I- I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I'm talking to you. Someone else is going to dispatch my officers, but I want to give them a description. What is he wearing? What color shirt or jacket? I didn't see it. I ran away. Very good job to her to take command saying, hey, we've still got help coming. Because a lot of times they're like, would you stop asking me these damn questions? And yeah, that, that's what he was trying to get out. She, she headed him off at the pass. He was trying to say, like, can you just send somebody in? Yes, we've already. And I didn't so, think she was. I don't think she was too condescending about it because I would have said they're already coming, idiot. And then I would have said, tell me a shirt right now. <laughs> That's how I would have answered it, right? No, she I mean, I mean, she may have saved herself a headache if she had kind of told him that up front. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, but, I mean, you, yeah, can't, I mean it's... you can't do every chance attack perfectly. Anyway, right. he ran away, which is a fair thing to say. You would advise them to do what Okay, someone have a, a come up him? Do you still see him in the office? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the back of my back office. He's outside. Okay, so he's got a gray shirt. Does he still have the chainsaw? Yeah. Okay. Does he still have drunk or on drugs? Okay, commenters are back. They're big time. What does this matter? What does it matter if he's drunk or on drugs? Drew, I'm going to have a take, and then hopefully it's different than yours. So context is everything, right? That's really what she's trying to figure out. Maybe a better question is, tell me exactly what happened, or can you tell me what led to this or whatever? If this guy uh, just shows up and he's stumbling around and he's got a chainsaw, we're going to respond to that as an intoxicated person 
possibly someone who's grossly mentally ill. If he was standing out in the parking lot, chilling, drinking a beer, and like he throws the beer down, and over the course of 10 minutes, he has an argument, which he starts gesticulating and getting angry and raising his voice, he walking back and forth, pacing, shouting, and then walks over to the trunk, takes keys out of his pocket, opens up the trunk, gets the chainsaw, and comes back over. That's someone who's really pissed off. That's someone who got aggravated, and they're using a weapon of opportunity to intimidate someone, maybe not necessarily trying to kill them, but maybe, versus the whole, like, what we're all picturing, like, Madman shows up with chainsaw. It's it's some kind of 80s horror movie. Here's the, reason why, the reason why it's super important, Drew, and I hope your take's different than mine just because I like extra content, but we need to know if this guy's going to respond to verbal commands. Yeah, that's... Unfortunately, that's what I was going to say. I mean, he's like, I and I guess, you know, if somebody's in a fit of rage, you might be able to throw them off their track a little bit. If somebody is drunk, you're going to have a fight on your hands, but they're also impaired balance-wise. So, you know, that could work in your favor, actually. Uh, if they're on LSD or something or, or meth, like if they have just, if they like, if they actually ran from Mexico to there, then... It, it could be a problem. It could be a very serious problem because not only are they, you know, in some form of delusional psychosis or whatever you want to call it, they're going to be strong too. So it uh, may not be able to be reasoned with and with a chainsaw, that's pretty tough. I like how Drew Brees and Cuff said, thank you, Wikipedia. I didn't see that. And I also wrote, thank you, Wikipedia, just because <laughs> we both had the exact same reaction to my sister knowing about what happened in 84 before she was born. She claims it's a song. I don't want to know that song. Uh, so yeah, we need to know if he responds. Uh, what was it? The Daniel Shaver case where we had a guy who was the intoxicated Drew couldn't respond yeah. to commands and, and uh, he, he, his life ended because he couldn't respond appropriately to commands, which well, well he could, he didn't have a chainsaw. He, he was... Oh, he could. Okay, go ahead. He, he, he Daniel Shaver's kind of a, 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 a it's, it's an anomaly. I think that he was impaired that he wasn't playing a proper game of Simon Says, but he was in the hallway in his underwear, and I, I have my opinion about that about that case. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I don't think that this was like a matter of he, he didn't he didn't respond to the, he didn't comply with their exact commands but he was in compliance this does get back to however you know if you're going to stick a rifle out of a window at a hotel just after you know route 84 or whatever concert in las vegas you you get what you get uh because mm -hmm. you know the cops are going to be amped up and they were held to account they went to trial yeah. and they were, they were acquitted. But uh, I think that that was just a high stake game of high stake game of Simon Says, and and it's adrenaline slash alcohol doing the thinking for you when when they're telling you put your hands up, do not put your hands down, do not go to the push up. Is it you know like well, what you know? It just I, I think that that was an unfortunate case. I'm sorry to bring up Daniel Shaver. I could tell that that's something you don't want to talk about as a political commentator and a police officer, that it's an, just something you don't want to bring up. But uh, you mentioned alcohol, you, uh, his mood. You know that Those are two things that, that could be like in this case. I'm not saying these two things are alike at all. I'm just saying that's something a police officer wants to know. Is this person going to yeah. respond to me? And if a dispatcher happens to get information, like why not fish? Because if the caller says, like, I don't know what's going on, but like I did see him do a line of cocaine off the, off the trunk of his Toyota or sell you know that's helpful you then you know and sometimes you never know what information you're going to get just asking a question i'll just throw it out there case in point weirdest call of my entire career i had uh, 
and I'll tell this whole story, but someone broke into a car, car dealership, 16-year-old girl. She wandered away from her house, went to a car dealership out country, brand new car dealership. She uh, locked herself inside a car. Car was running. She had the keys in the car. She had a knife. She was cutting herself. We have nobody that, I have no premise information for who works at this dealership. We obviously need to find someone that can do that. Over the radio, weapons violation gets called out so that we have other units responding. A deputy from another county who happens to live nearby says, hey, what's going on? Do you need me to respond? And I said, yeah, this is one of those, you know, real fucked up things. And he goes, okay, I'll, I'll grab my gun belt. And I said, okay, cool. Last question for you, since you live near this dealership. And this is because I was asked to do something. I had, I had no other option. I said, do you know anyone that works there? I had no reason to ask this random police officer if he knew someone that worked at the dealership. No reason at all. A YouTuber would say that's a stupid question. Right. But he says, right. he says, yeah, I went to the police academy with the guy and he just retired and he works out there. I said, you call him. Do not give me his phone number. You call him. Tell his ass to show up to the dealership. Goodbye. Because I was super busy. Long story short, I called OnStar. had them disable the vehicle. I could only do that after I had a deputy leap onto the hood very bravely, get the VIN because his vehicle wasn't registered, so he couldn't read a license plate. It was his last year before retirement. I swear to God that I was going to send that guy to his death right before he retired. It's a true style of lethal weapon. So you never know what you're going to get when you ask a question. Fantastic. I'm putting it back on the screen. Sorry for telling that story. It is a great story, though. I love it. Uh, yes. I don't know where it went. Who removed it? Dad, like, did you remove it? Because if, if I hit remove. No, it's still there. No, no, no. no. It just it got removed from. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks, Deadleg. Here we go. I'm going to keep it going. I have no clue. Okay. Does he look like he's got a mental illness or anything? Well, that's right. Maybe Stupid it. question. <laughs> right. That, that may be a bad question. I mean, might be a bad question. Shirt? <laughs> but but she's try she's trying to get some context, and I get that the way she asked it made her sound stupid. I understand that, but she wants to know what the hell's going on. Give me some background. Tell me what the hell's happening here. So you don't like the way it was phrased. It sounds like a stupid question, but she's trying to gather more information. And it could be that she's doing ten other things. Is so she's trying to keep the com the person talking to get them to say something helpful. On we go. I don't know if he's drunk or on drugs. What's he doing right now outside? I'm not sure. He's just yelling with the chainsaw. Okay. He might be drunk. He's, he's basically going over the gas. He's, he's, he's actually outside with the chainsaw. Okay, so he's outside the office? He's frantic. Yes. He's just frantic probably in, the, in his 30s. Okay. So this big male 30s, he's got on a gray shirt. What color pants? Uh, I am not sure. Okay. And where are you located? I'm right in the office. Okay. So you're back in the office? Yeah. Okay. As soon as he ran out of the office, I locked the door again so he couldn't get back in. Okay, so you've locked yourself in the office, and is anyone injured? I don't believe so. Okay, okay. okay. and do you see him still right outside the office? Yes. Okay. He's talking about, yeah. So he's now in the parking lot, and is the chainsaw still running, or is he just holding it? I... I'm putting you in running. Okay. And is he going after anybody or just wandering the parking lot? No, he's he basically knocking on doors and stuff. So he's knocking on doors, different motels, doors? Yeah. Yep. So, okay. Do you, can you tell what room or what area of the hotel he is? Drew, all this important because they're trying to get the police officers there as fast as possible into the right place, right? I mean, the only thing that I, I see that she's missing is 
uh, she didn't ask what color his goalie mask was. That's what a sarcastic Jerry Stevens 69 will say is like they didn't ask this. I would say the one thing that she really missed out on is if he's outside and they can see the parking lot and if he's possibly a tenant, if they have a vehicle description, maybe there's cameras in the office yeah. that could see that. Because if he leaves the scene in a vehicle, it might be nice to know what that is. Well, yeah. Is he a registered guest? Like, in other words, can we identify him later? But, you know, the, the, these are things that maybe I would be thinking of, but perhaps, a, a, you know, just a 911 dispatcher that was hit from left field with the chainsaw call yeah. wouldn't be thinking of. Keep going. Here we go. Like the backside right on the right at the front desk. Near the front desk. I can the police I can the police for. Okay, you see the officer? Always a relief. Okay, and did you see any other weapons besides the chainsaw? Good one. Isn't that car? Isn't that odd? That green. He's in a green car? There we go. What? A sedan. got into a green car? Yeah, the police officer, I believe they got him. Okay, all right, I'll go ahead and let you go. Just stay in the office and we'll come talk to you when we've got things settled, okay? Any final thoughts on that, Drew? No. I mean, okay. you know, no, there are no final thoughts. Like, you know, for those of you who don't know, when, when people do construction crews come into town, they stay at places like Motel 6 or whatever. You get these calls because they have equipment like that. I mean, you know, they keep it in their rooms because they get it stolen out in the parking lot all the time. So, yeah, um, this isn't it's not like uh, it's it's like a crazy notion that there's a chainsaw at the Motel 6. I mean, if there's going to yeah. be a mo if there's going to be a chainsaw anywhere in the, the urban area, it's going to be at the Motel 6. Yeah, that they Motel 6, Super 8, but generally nothing above that. I'm going to go ahead and throw on <laughs> throw on uh, the video portion and I'll let you take control just because this is kind of police time. So. Uh, this is taken from two separate body cams and kind of put together in chronological order. And uh, I'll throw it up on the screen for you to control, Drew, okay? Awesome. And we'll start We'll start by talking about our suspect who we've identified after the fact. This is Ronald Zendejas. He is a 36-year-old Hispanic male from Carson City, Nevada. His weapon of choice is, of course... The chains. He's our player for tonight going up against Sparks PD. So he's the person that was identified in this case. That's stage uh, Micah, one. Is that Motel uh, stage six? one is the Motel 6. We'll leave the light on for you. Micah does bring a, a good point. Was he wearing a plaid shirt because he could be a lumberjack? So I, I understand that question. Could be. I'll let you okay. take it from here, Drew. I hit play and subsequently waiting for it to... We're, we're, we're going to start with video... It actually starts inside the motel office, so there's no audio. We're looking inside the office of a motel six. There's a, uh, a person who's blurred out who's probably a caller or owner or the manager. He's shouting outside of the lobby that he left the door open, which is tactical error. And uh, Mr. Zendaya, the door's open, whoops, has a chainsaw in his hand. You're normally going to want to go ahead and close that. I know it's going to be sort of an industrial shining when he comes in and says, here's Johnny. Now he's standing back in the employee area. He has it in his left hand. It doesn't appear to be engaged. However, it could be. He's not really raising it or threatening anybody with it. He is gesticulating like he's yelling. He's walking well, back, back out. John, you could see when uh, one, there was a, there was some type of half door there, but you could actually see sawdust flying. So there is okay. no sound to this, but. You know, just judging by the video, you could tell that the, the chainsaw is active. You, you could tell it's moving because okay. he's cutting things with it. Go Imagine ahead. chainsaw sounds, if you will. So now he's kind of standing outside. 
Yes, very good, Drew. That was excellent, actually. So now he's kind of standing outside. This is when uh, the 911 call that we just heard is taking place. We could kind of see him waiting outside. So he's not coming in. He's not He's not slashing with it. He's not going nuts. He actually kind of looks, we know he's pissed off, but he's got a, he's got a chainsaw going, but he looks sort of sedately waiting outside, Drew. Any initial impressions well, about him based on the way that he's walking or knocked over a table there? Go ahead. Yeah, quite quite obviously pissed. I mean, he kicked his way into the, the secure area of the place, so obviously he's mad about something. I don't know if he can get any towels or what, but he's he cut his way through that that half door, which slowed him down enough. I think it was that was more of a statement. He probably could have just opened it. Uh, but also, we know that the the clerk, the to the manager or whatever, the one that was calling nine one one, and then there was somebody else there. They they went into separate rooms and locked themselves in that room, in those rooms. So when he went out to that like you know inner sanctum or that 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 middle lobby area and sat on the table, he was just sitting there waiting. He's waiting for someone to come out, and that's a pretty good indicator that he's he's not leaving. He's holding a chainsaw, and he's waiting for you to come out of the door. Uh, you know, it's probably encouraging that he hasn't cut down the door that you're hiding behind, but at the same time, if he's not leaving or he hasn't set the chainsaw down, then he's still a threat. So the first body cam is an officer that's pulling up. We thank uh, Police Activity for this uh, YouTube video. Yeah. I am a subscriber to their Patreon, by the way. So you Where's see an officer walking up. Where's Where he at? Where is he at? I think Dan Omen is right there. Uh, yeah, they're, they're here right now. I see him. All right. The room he attacked was occupied. Right. So there was a room right next to the to the uh, office that was, that was attacked by this chainsaw. I, I had the feeling it was the manager's private quarters or whatever. Stop! Please! Let me see your right. hands! Don't Guns fucking up. drive, man! Suspect's in a car. Suspect's in a car and is backing out. The officer has his gun out and is pointing the gun at him, and he just continues to back out. So the officer is not putting himself in front of the car or at the rear of the car, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen with this guy behind the wheel, especially if he's wielding a chainsaw. And you don't know what he has in the car either. He could have a gun in there or whatever. That's a sedan. Green sedan. Officer two now. Chasing chasing the car on foot. On foot. Yeah. So all he did was pop the beach. Cross the street until the officer's gonna pick up the rock and go caveman on the window. I think he did. I, I I don't know if we'll be able to replay it, but I think he did pick up a rock and was gonna probably bash the window in, which is probably a wise move. Like use the tools yeah. you got. You know, he, he crashed into these landscaping rocks and he saw the two officers had, had, you know, like he only made it a couple hundred yards from the parking lot before he crashed the first time. Uh, so then, you know, the officers were going to smash the window. So then he takes off again. And this is where he ends up smashing into the car wash. They police officers will carry landscaping rocks on the, yeah, the car. That's uh, David and Goliath is the manufacturer of that. So, so what he did was while he was fleeing from the rocky area towards the car wash, which would be the wrong way on, on the street anyway, he backed into or ran into an officer's car. Now you got officers running all over the place. You have him running into cars, running running into police cars. So it's pretty obvious he's not complying at that point. Either he's too drunk to I want to comply or he's done something very bad. So these guys know that. And they they know that from the call itself, they have 
a crime that has been committed because the guy threatened people with an active chainsaw. And then, of course, upon police presence, all of a sudden this guy wants to take off. So uh, they got a pretty good indication that this is the the right person and uh, they're dealing with it. All right. So now the the officer was not in front of the vehicle. The officer was off to the nine o'clock position of the vehicle, basically. And I don't know where the other officer is at this point, but nobody was in being nobody put themselves in the in the way of the vehicle however when it took off uh, they began a volley of shots into the car so you may wonder you know where's the threat well the threat's behind the wheel and in in the the when you think about the use of deadly force it's the imminent threat of death or great bodily harm to yourself or someone else can you justify can you say with good conscience that this guy is a threat to the to the safety of yourself or somebody else in He's that driving community. an 1800-pound bullet. An older model sedan, and, he, and it, he's, you know, probably intoxicated, and he has some type of chainsaw, and he's evading police by running into their cars, and he's jumping over medians. And it's it's just, it's readily apparent that he is, he is not coherent. He's not in this... You know, he's not operating on Earth right now. You know what I mean? So they made the decision and they, they uh, used quite their... so. One of the one of the comments. One of the comments. He's not going anywhere. Go ahead, John. Drove across the street. Now he's he's running to a wall. He's he's driven across the street kind of haphazardly, gone into the wall. How many shots went into the passenger side window there? Would you say five, six maybe? Yeah, four or five. Okay. It Four was, or five. Yeah, they were, because, they were shots. Because there were shots from the from the rear of the vehicle as well. I think they shot out the back window. There may have been more than four or five. And I thought he just went pop, 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 pop. Yep. Uh, Just one comment in there about referring to The Rock. I believe it was uh, David who said, you know, wouldn't wouldn't you want to use an ASP on the window? One thing I could tell you as a correctional officer, as I was issued an ASP and I have used an ASP and I have received extensive training in using an ASP. An ASP is a body, or excuse me, is a weapon designed to be used against the human body. It's not designed to be used against a window. You have tempered safety glass. It's not It's not designed to shatter and fall in if you have an impact like that. A rock's big enough that it's going to go all the way through and take some of the window with it. The other thing about ASPs not being issued very much anymore is because an ASP is actually a deadly weapon. If you strike somebody in the head with an ASP, it could kill them. You're supposed to strike someone. There's different places you can do it, but one place is the, is the outside of the thigh. It's called the common peroneal. It's part of the, the motor cortex. It disables someone's ability to stand up. Uh, a lot of police officers are not using ASPs, but an ASP wouldn't be effective against a window. True. It wouldn't be that effective. I mean, I, I've used it to to rescue a baby or something, you know, out of a locked car or whatever, or a dog or, you know, we've used the ASP to break and rake a window or, uh, but in this case too, the, the, the window is tinted, I believe. So the tint is going to hold whatever together you know if you if you put the, the just the ball the tip of the asp is going to go through the window and it's probably just going to put a little tiny hole through it uh which will probably shatter the safety glass but then you got work to do so you're right like throwing a boulder through there is probably going to be a lot more effective just to be honest i mean you, you work with what you got yep all right so they are now approaching the vehicle. Bark 391, shots fired. Getting on the radios, Bark 391, shots fired. Don't get behind his car. They're communicating well, telling each other, do not get behind his car because they don't want him to back out and run anybody over. That's We don't want to create an exigency either. Let me see your hands. 
He's got some gas on his foot on the gas. He's got his foot on the gas. So he's he's basically, you know, John, like when I held your forehead like that and you were just swinging at me and Clayton, he's just I remember. stuck against the wall. It was humiliating. He got his foot on the gas. He laughed like Woody Woodpecker. I don't know. I can't tell. Let me see him. Good leadership there, right, Drew? Yep. Great communication. You're going to see another fine example of thinking thinking at a time of crisis, too, uh, in about two seconds. I cannot. So nobody can see him. They don't know what he's doing. They don't know if he's ducked down with a gun. They don't know if he's, they don't know if he's dead. They don't know anything. Dude, you're about to Go above, brother. Or you want me to go above? All right, so you got, I think it's a supervisor that just rolls in the parking lot with a huge pickup truck and he just gets right behind the vehicle and crunches into the back bumper, which is going to prevent that vehicle from going forward or backwards because, you know, he's, he's against the wall. He's got his foot on the gas and then he can't obviously can't back up. So he's not going anywhere at this point. Now they, they there's somewhat. Drew, is that a good, is that, is that a good tactic? Cause I've heard you say good either things about it alternately look you, you got to play you, you just first of all when it unfolds and you do it if it worked it was a great tactic if it didn't work then jesus what are you doing but i think in this case it worked out perfectly there was no indication that he had any other gun or any other weapon rather than than the chainsaw so getting that close might be okay they're still holding deadly force on the guy and they got to do something right so I think that this was a good move. I mean, I don't want to contradict anything I've said before, but I think in the other case that we talked about, that guy was specifically had a gun. So, you know, getting close to him was probably a little bit more difficult. Lay down, LT. Back off. Back off. Hey, back off. Back off. Back off. LT is occupied by one. It's back mouth. Hey, back off. Come on, come on. Why did this work? Like, you guys come right. Stop, bro. You got, you're going to be my lead, but one of two. We're going to grab him and yank him out of our car. Stop it. Sip it open. Got it. All right, here we go. Oh, police! Where's the police? He's down there. Back off. We both. They're gone. Thankfully. Come on. Thankfully. CPR. Start down. Get off. Yeah. Okay, back off. Okay, these are great commands that the, that the LT is giving out here. He, he's, they pull him out of the car. They, they, first of all, he was standing behind the car and behind the truck, so he could see both sides he could see you know all parties and that's why he was telling everybody back off back off back off they don't want a crossfire situation if he's going to run up there and pull somebody out of the car or if somebody's going to run up there and pull somebody out of the car so there's that uh once he has established control and there's some form of stability he got the intel okay there's one hispanic male he slumped over at the wheel they decided to make their approach from the driver's side because that's more the most likely where you're going to be able to retrieve him from and they did they approached and then he said he he said now it's time to to get when they pull him out of the car they see he's full of holes or whatever it's rescue mode now so once the scene is stable you have to go into a life-saving mode uh, you know that's you're trying to neutralize the threat but it's it doesn't mean that you get to execute somebody so uh they have a, a, a duty to kind of you know, act towards saving this guy's life. And what the lieutenant was saying was, did you shoot? And he said, yes. And he said, okay, back off. 
you know, like you get out of here. In in other words, probably wisely, he's saying, if you're the one that whose bullets came out, you, you've got the most to lose if he dies or he, you know what I mean. So yeah. uh, it's probably best to take him out of that situation, especially if you have other people there. And there was there were medics close by, as we'll see in a second. I think. No, that was that was the end of oh, it. Was- uh, and so, yeah, dispatch, as soon as they heard sh- shots fired I, and pro- possibly before that man with a chainsaw, they probably put an ambulance on standby. Yeah, possibly. I, I hope so, because I never heard anybody ask for it. But there was somebody else working a radio other than the person that was on the body cam. So. Yeah. Any good dispatcher, I mean, they were probably a man with a chainsaw. It's so dangerous. You, you, whether it's a victim, the suspect, or anyone responding, you're probably going to have them paged out and ready to go. So they rolled around the corner. I believe this gentleman did pass away. So yeah. sorry, but you're, you're just going to be a skeleton playing a xylophone soon. Do not, uh, do not. Do not attack people with a chainsaw is the lesson. And I'm sorry you had to learn it this way. It came out that uh, he was intoxicated. So the dispatcher was right to kind of ask some of those background questions. Unfortunately, I don't know why the the owner didn't know that, but uh, he had come into the office. He was being belligerent, shouting match had gone back and forth. He had come in and out several times before the chainsaw even came into it. So they were having an altercation long before the chainsaw happened. Honestly, now probably should have been called at that point for a disorderly subject without a weapon. Possible they did call him. We didn't hear that call. Uh, it's also possible that this is Motel Six. It's par for the course, and you kind of got to take care of your own shit when you work at Motel Six, or you never get any work done. Yeah, I think that's entirely possible. So, last point, Drew, and I guess I'll have you talk on this: normal, abnormal, good, bad, and different. It was only uh, recently that these officers were justified in this shooting, saying that uh, unless any more information comes to light, this was a justified shooting of this guy behind the car. Three years, those officers had to live, you know, with uh, what happened, thinking about it every day, wondering if they're going to be exonerated or put into a Ben Darby situation where they get tried and convicted of murder. You know, for three years, their their lives and their futures all hung the balance. What a terrible price they had to pay for that. So anyone who thinks police officers are going out there and plugging people to satisfy their murder instinct doesn't know the suffering that they have to endure even when they're right. But Drew, what yeah. do you think about it taking three years to clear these guys of any wrongdoing? Uh, I think that's the norm these days. I, I mean, well, no, I don't want to say that's the norm. This this happened on May the 4th, 2020, and they were cleared October 16th, 2023. So literally like two weeks ago. So yeah, three years to make this decision. I'm sure that everything was carefully scrutinized. Uh, something to point out, this was... Was it the Sparks Police or was it the Washoe County Sheriff's Office? But at any rate, the Reno police department is the one that did the the investigation it, or maybe it was the other way around but at, at any rate the, the, the i know that the, they have a they have a collective of agencies where if they have an officer involved thing they have another agency from that cluster will kind of investigate yeah it, a lot of jurisdictions are going to that or doing that I, I don't even think that they did that i think that they just uh, on this one i think that they just used the opposite you know like the Reno PD is going to do this investigation, and it was supplemented by the people from that from the, from Washoe or wherever it was, and you know th- th- they justified it based on the fact that he was a threat. I mean, he was a threat to other people. He wasn't necessarily an immediate threat to the officer there or whatever. But I mean, just based on his his behavior, when you take in totality, his behavior, the reason that they were there in the first place, what he did when the police got there and what he was trying to do since the police were there i I think it's probably you know though it took three years it's probably a little bit easier to justify that look this guy was about to commit you know 
uh, imminent death or great bodily harm to, to other citizens. And yeah, uh, the if, use if of they, force was authorized. If they hadn't shot, like let's play some what if games. If you had, when he got shot, that's when he took the hits. That's when he drove straight forward. He was obviously, you know, his cardiopulmonary system was compromised at that time to the point where he was at least unconscious by the time he hit the wall, which is when the threat, you know, was neutralized in actuality or thereabouts. But if they had not shot him and he was still had full command of his physical faculties and he had turned the wheel going the wrong way or the correct way down uh, Victoria Boulevard or whatever this is, this guy's already gone after somebody with a chainsaw. Now he's got a car. You're talking about a, a possible pursuit situation, him hitting someone intentionally, unintentionally. Now you're talking about directly involving innocent people in a situation that's now outside the police and their perimeter and where the officers are responding. If they hadn't fired, they would have let him go down the street with a deadly weapon. It's the same thing as practically an, an active shooter, maybe not in terms of the number of casualties he can do in a very, very short amount of time, but but possibly because if there's people out walking around and he mows them all down, I mean, we have seen that. You know, We have seen people driving, stealing cars in Nevada and running down people on, on bicycles. I mean, we've seen this. We that, yeah. that will happen. It's not hypothetical to even engage in that. So in my mind, they, they left him or he left them no choice. You have to remember, he was in charge of that situation. They had to use uncommon force to regain control of that situation. He had a chainsaw. He had control over the person in the motel. He jumped in the car. He was not responding to the officer. They were trying to attempt to gain control over him. He would not respond to verbal tactics, which if he had just complied, he'd be alive and well to this day. He didn't comply. He took off with a car. The The officers were put in a position where they had no choice, but they had to neutralize threat to protect the public, which is what they get paid to do. It's not about shooting anybody of any persuasion or any particular kind other than somebody who's dangerous to the community. Police officers need to be able to go out there, police and protect the community, and it just it hasn't seemed like it's been that easy for them over the past couple of years. So I just wanted to show this case. Great job to Sparks PD. Great job to Sparks PD Communications. That dispatcher, I know you're taking a lot of heat. I haven't been in your exact position, but I've been in one of those where you're like, there is no call protocol for chainsaw attack on a motel. No. You do the best you can. You gather the information you can. You try to keep them calm. Try to keep them safe. I think you did a good job, even if you know so-and-so doesn't, not, they're not impressed by you. I know what your job is like, and I'm proud of you. Good job. Yeah, I am too. So the the DA's report is available online. It's forty five pages, but uh, page thirty seven use of deadly force to effect arrest. It says NRS, which is probably you know Nevada Code or whatever one seventeen fourteen fifty five provides, in relevant part, quote, if necessary to prevent escape, an officer may, after giving warning, if feasible, use deadly force to effect the arrest of a person, only if there's probable cause to believe that the person poses a threat of serious bodily harm to the officer or to others. So end quote. So the, that's essentially what went into their analysis. I mean, that's the part of the statute that they analyzed and they reviewed, you know, they interviewed multiple people. They interviewed or they reviewed all of the evidence. There was an incident in the lobby where the female, uh, there was a female working at the desk where he, he punched through the plexiglass and knocked the plexiglass out. So that was kind of what set everything in motion. He must have left there at that point. He got the chainsaw and came back. So, you know, this obviously was him escalating, not de-escalating, as, as people like to use all the time. So yeah. it, it just, unfortunately, he was shot and killed. He was hit in the right temple and in the neck. Well, it's we don't root for death, but uh, we also don't root for police officers and private citizens getting moved down with chainsaws or with cars. So it's unfortunate. You don't 
you, we don't know, we'll never know really what was going on with him. You wouldn't think that alcohol would push a man to chain, go after someone with a chainsaw, but <laughs> right. I guess it's, you know, like I said, I've, I've heard nunchuck and machete calls. And so you never know. And, you know, people, people act out, you know, weapons of opportunity and you'll hear things on the radio or you'll be dispatching weird things. So, you know, people are commenting and saying, this guy's he clearly has a mental illness. He's the guy with the chainsaw. Go down there and take him out. Stop asking all these stupid questions. It's always more complicated than that. And a dispatcher, dispatcher asking you questions is trying to get you to help the situation. Maybe give them a little credit that they have done this before. This is like something you're going to tell your grandson about, but they do this every week. There's always something like this going on. And even if they don't have the perfect questions for you, you've got to trust them that they can do their job. And I, I the just it makes me sick to see the common person saying that they could do better or they know better when they haven't sat in the seat and they haven't picked up the phone when it rang. They have no idea. Yep. I, I still like I said I, I said I did a little hit on local news the other day. There are plenty of openings. 